0: You are listening to episode 21 of the podcast. My name is Dita Randolph.
1: And I'm Jenny Randolph.
0: And as we uh, gather around, I want to talk about what a great husband I am. Because, <laughs> because I let you take me to a very scary movie, and that's not my thing. I like movies where people are nice to each other, and everybody falls in love, and, and good things happen. And And so, yeah...
1: Yeah, well, I like scary ones, and I like action and things that blow up and all that good <laughs> stuff. So, I guess we're a good balance. I suppose. But yeah, that movie was pretty. It was pretty good. Yeah, last it was, night it
0: was the movie we're talking about is uh, is Alien Covenant.
1: Yeah, I I don't think it was as good as Prometheus, um, and I'm not gonna do any spoilers or anything like that. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's 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 worth a see. It's worth a see. I don't know that I would go and see it in. In the theater again, I think maybe I'd wait a little while till it came out and kind of did, you know, watched it that way. I mean, it was. Would you
0: do like the film festival where you do Prometheus and then that and then?
1: Yeah, yeah. Chomp I think... through
0: the aliens movies. With sure, so sure. I,
1: yeah, sure. I think I think I would, and you know, I mean, I I like those movies. I I uh, Ridley Scott is awesome, and he mm-hmm. he did direct this one, and it was really good, and there were some really good moments, but it was kind of like you know, it was a a story that we've seen before.
0: Yeah, I mean, without giving anything away, I think that there's a level at which this movie really borrowed from the stranded motorist genre of horror, where something goes wrong and you you go to the place, it looks like it might be safe, a little bit weird, and then you discover that there's a mad scientist type and things happen. Right. And so it, it absolutely, there's big hunks of that. I mean... Visually, it's a very impressive movie, and and all of that stuff. I have to say that Alien was the first scary movie I ever saw in a movie theater, and it that's when I knew as a child that I was not, not into, into the scary. scary. But you know, it was it was uh, you know it was interesting, and nobody had done that before. And one of the things that you know, some of the movies, especially the later one with Winona Ryder that they made a few years back, and Alien like that, Resurrection, yeah, yeah, not so good. But It was all right. But
1: it was wh- all right. What but, I'm th- when saying they, is- but when they rebooted, rebooted Prometheus it got it got yeah. better. I mean it was you know, they kept going, Alien was wonderful, Aliens was great. Three and men then, and a little
0: alien, not so good, <laughs> a little derivative. Well, and
1: then the third one on the prison colony, it was like, eh, okay, reaching a little yeah. bit. And, yeah, it was all right. there were some and pieces. Then,
0: there's that line in that one where, she, where Sigourney Weaver, I can't remember exactly, she says something like, I've been doing this with you for so long that I can't remember anything else. Yeah. And there's some moments, even in that one, where there's some great dialogue, but throughout all of the movies, even the not so great ones. Mm-hmm there are these overarching themes that are really interesting the idea of that there's something inside of you something animal something primal that has to come out and the fear of control the sense of surrender to it the 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 worry about that power there's interesting things going on there and also the real bad guy is almost never the alien. No, although, it's the other you know, person that's well, trying to play God. It's the corporation. It's oh, this well, big yeah. faceless entity that that wants to control from the outside. And the role of the big corporate interest, the role of artificiality, because there's there's robots, there's, there's human-looking androids in all of the movies, and they play a, a spectrum of roles from, from the benign to the really, really evil. Um, but... Throughout the idea that there's something inside of you that's powerful and primal and uncontrollable, is something I've been thinking about a lot lately in other ways, and we'll get into that later. But I love that the Alien franchise does that, mm-hmm. and so I will forgive a lot. I'm not a scary movie guy, as I've said, but I enjoyed the movie. Yeah, it was you good. Know?
1: It was a nice. It was it was a nice night out. You and know,
0: you, you caught me talking to the movie a couple of times. You did. I actually said, "Well."
1: You know, cause yeah, because there, there, there
0: was a hopeless moment when somebody did something that, you know, it's the horror movie thing. When the protagonist does something, everybody in the audience can see that it's a dumb thing to do, but of course the protagonist doesn't see what we see, and I can't help myself. I talk to the movie because I get wrapped up.
1: Well, I have two things. I have two things okay. to say about that. Um, first thing, I love that throughout all of them, it's a strong female protagonist. Yes, for sure. And they have sort of kept that Sigourney Weaver, even in Prometheus and, and now in this one, they're they're very strong and women characters. what's her name?
0: Waterston. I can't think of her first name. Mm-hmm. She was great. Yes, yeah, she was.
1: She was very good. And the second thing is just a sort of a piece of trivia. Do you know in the first movie when they had sort of the, the alien coming out of the guy's stomach and everything like that? Mm-hmm. They didn't tell... The actors, the rest of the actors, what was going to happen? So if you really? actually go back and watch that, you can kind of see see the reactions, the, the genuine reactions. Yeah, they didn't tell him.
0: Well, I did. You know that in that same scene, the alien was not any kind of puppet. It was actually Andy Circus. That's how. That's how versatile he. <laughs> that's is.
1: how. And yeah, that's a how long he's been that. around. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like come on. He's he's a hardest working man in showbiz. Yeah,
0: he's a he's he's quite a. Quite an active little fellow. <laughs> that may not be true.
1: No, it's probably not true. That's all right. Don't 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 take our word on that.
0: Well, speaking of uh, simulation and simulacrum, uh, the thing that I am still excited about, even though it happened a few days ago, and I'm hoping will happen again, is we had burger night at our house. I know I'm I'm talking not like a fit person, but it is what it is we've discovered there's a kind of veggie burgers and we've talked a little bit about vegetarian stuff and remember when we had that conversation about would you eat yeah lab grown meat and all that i i still vacillate about that but there's a company called beyond meat and it's done some really interesting things and in a lot of grocery stores they sell one called a beast burger and it's just a patty yeah, like a Boca burger it's like kind of like or a Boca burger. Burger, whatever and that's really good but there's another but they one have come you come out can with get. a new
1: one yeah and what's it called Oh, Lord, I don't even know. Well, you'll
0: know it because it's in the vegetarian section, but it looks like a ground beef patty. In fact, it's disturbing how much it looks like meat. And they use a... they. It's got beets in it, so there's beet juice. And so it actually is red in the middle and the whole thing. But it is... You know, Jenny made them in a cast iron yeah, skillet. Yeah,
1: they, they cook up very, very easily. Um, like I said... They're pretty close. They they really are well, very close. Close it's, enough
0: to where there was a moment where I'm like, okay, everybody take a minute. Is this, Go we'll look at the package. It's just called the Beyond Burger. Oh, I just okay. looked it up. All
1: right. So it's, it's different the, from the Beast Burger. It's called the Beyond Burger. Yeah. And it's
0: got, it's got just as much, I know it sounds like an ad. But we're not getting any money from the Beyond Meat people. Let's be very clear. No. But I would gladly support that product because they're doing ethical vegetarianism. And it's a really good product. I would make this for a weird carnivore that that is skeptical about all this. Absolutely.
1: But it doesn't have any soy in it, which is something I like. Um, It doesn't have any wheat in it, which is something I like. And it just, it was really, really, it was very good. And I
0: think, I'm pretty sure there's something addictive in it because literally... I'm still thinking about it, and I would like some more, please.
1: Your son. Uh, You and your son. Burger night is what it's all about. If you could have your... It would be every other night in this house. I'm sure
0: it would be probably every night. Yeah. Because it's it's just one of those things. And I grew up on cheeseburgers. You know, I grew up... My parents really were only interested in me as a concept, and so I (laughs) ate a lot of junk food just because it was easy. It was checking off the box. So I'm a burger person, and so this really scratches the edge. So anyway, the Beyond Burger... Highly recommend, super good. You're doing something good for the planet, for for compassion. Look, I'm not judging anybody, but you really ought to be a vegetarian. That's just the deal. I'm not going to be a jerk about it, but that's the thing.
1: Well, it's also much healthier for you than even if you're not like thinking about the ethical ramifications or the environmental ramifications, you know, just for selfish reasons, Red meat isn't really all that good for you. You shouldn't be eating it every day. Right. Even if, even if you do eat meat, you you probably shouldn't do it. It leads to all kinds of heart stuff and everything like that. And so I like the idea that this is a healthy alternative, mm-hmm. and they're really doing a fantastic job. Yeah. I want to experiment with it a little bit, like just because, by eating
0: more of them. I no, want to experiment, like how many can I eat? That's no, the experiment they, I want to do. They come
1: in patties, and you can thaw them in the refrigerator, and then I'm thinking about like making. Trying to make maybe it into a meatloaf and try to you know try to kind of experiment a little bit with it, see if it holds up, see if it doesn't, you know, because there's a lot of things that you can do. Like the Boca crumbles, I can make a pretty good um, meatloaf out of that. Right. It's right. you know if you put a little bit of lentils, but in but that's it and all stuff soy, like that. right? But so that's all soy. This is so not- this is this is not soy, and it's com- it's a completely different, no pun intended, animal. And so I'm I'm interested in seeing what what it can do and how I can make it.
0: Well, and I have to say that one of the gauges of success, because we try a lot of vegetarian stuff when it comes out, partly because we're looking for variety, but partly because we always want to support that. I really think that if you're eating meat, you're on the wrong side of history. I think it's going to take a really long time, but I think we're going to go in that direction where – People look at eating meat now the way they look at, like, smoking cigarettes. We're like, there's people who do that, but yet they know it's bad for them, and it's it's kind of outside the pale. And they're, you know, we don't have smoking sections anymore. That kind of thing. But anyway, there's a couple of gauges. One of them is how good is this product, but one of them is also how many times does somebody in our family have a, wait a minute, this is weird moment, because mm-hmm. it resembles the real deal. And this was, the, the this is this weird the scale was one. off the Yeah, charts. this is the closest one super for sure. Super good, super yeah, good.
1: absolutely. But again, speaking of the healthy thing, it's it's really good because it's a it's a super healthy alternative, and you and I are getting our our uh, our summer bods. I, I, mm. I think as well, close as close as we actually can, you know. Summer looking, summer some are some are some scared. Yeah, some are, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's a certain point where you just sort of go, oh, it's good enough." You well, know, I'm I'm all right.
0: I think that, you know, I work pretty hard. I pay attention to what I eat and all of that. I move my body every day. I, you know, I do all kinds of stuff. I'm not going to outline my workout plan or anything like that. But the truth is there's a level at which it's like, look, I can make this the goal of my life or I can just try and be healthy. And just like we talk about prosperity, if God is your source, you're not supposed to be afraid about money. And we use the phrase right use a lot where it's like, when you're going to spend your money, think about, is this right use of the substance that God has given me? So in other words, I'm not going to live in fear of getting sick or whatever, but I want to respect this body that God has given me. So I try, you know, but at the end of the day, I'm not, uh, I'm not greasing up my pecs to walk on the beach or whatever. That's just not who I am, but, uh, I am trying pretty hard and I'm 43 years of age. It's one of those things you sort of you pay attention but i'm also sort of just embracing the dad bod thing because i've got other things going on in my life you know it's it's one of those or at least that's what i tell myself
1: well i think you have to you have to accept part of getting healthier or part of getting to a goal that you want to get to i think is just acceptance and so that's what i'm kind of i'm like i look in the mirror and i'm like all right you know there's a couple of things that i would like to have differently but you know what um, my body works, I'm grateful for it, it's awesome, and then you go about doing the work that you have to do to try to improve that, and it does take a lot more work when, when you get older, I mean, I don't, I don't want to be like a, a bummer here, and I'm not breaking any kind of, you know, scientific ground, but I would always think, oh, people use that as an excuse, getting older, blah, 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 whatever, and then when you get there, when you get into your 40s, you're like, no, this is real, the struggle <laughs> The struggle is real because, you know, when I was in my 20s and 30s, I had to lose five pounds, eh, a couple of weeks. You know, you cut down, you knock out the alcohol, you knock out a couple of, you know, snacky kind of foods, you don't snack in between meals, and done, five pounds gone. Now it's like, no, if you even look at something that might be sugary or any kind of junk food, it's just like, oh, no, half pound gained. And I just, I, it's horrible. it's It's horrible. And it's hard. So I think for me it's like – I'm like trying to get to a point where I don't have to, where I can just maintain and just feel really good about it. Mm. And so, you know, I'm just, for me, I'm just sort of t- trying to. Tighten up a little bit. I've never liked like the really super skinny look. I've never, I've always wanted to look athletic. Well, I think to you're gorgeous. You're, well, thank you're you. You're supposed to
0: treat your body like a temple. And I treat mine like one of those temples in Thailand where they let the monkeys just run around and wreck <laughs> things.
1: <laughs> but no, I mean, but there's stuff, you know, I mean, after you have babies, you have cellulite, you have stretch marks, you have all of that stuff. And, that stuff, and that's just me. I know. And that's, it,
0: that's how I am after your pregnancy.
1: But, but it, that kind of stuff really doesn't bother me because it really is for me. Um, my kids are, and have been my world and I'm grateful. I'm And that's grateful. battle scars, dude. Absolutely. That's honor. You know, I'm, Absolutely. I, so I'm with I, that. Yeah. I don't have a challenge with that. And in fact, I was talking with some women friends a little while ago and I have a tattoo. And i'm really thinking about getting a second one here you know but I, but I think about them a lot and and they have to mean something and they have to mean something i just i'm not gonna you know go to do something but they're like oh i i could never get a tattoo that's on your body permanently i'm thinking so is stretch marks and cellulite i yeah. mean at least <laughs> at least you get to choose your tattoo so i mean i for me decorating your body or having marks on your body or scars on your body or whatever that is. I just think that that is your life story. Mm-hmm. And so that stuff doesn't bother me. I just want to feel strong. I don't want to be a stranger to my body. I want to feel healthy. I want to feel strong. And whatever that looks like on the outside to other people, don't really care. But the for me, it's sort of a feeling. So I'm working towards that. Yeah, but see, I'm- that's
0: the right use thing. You know, because my day job is in computers. And so I know a lot of dudes, and it is mostly guys, who their relationship with their body has changed because they work on a computer all day so their body is just this weird machine that carries their brains around and there's a lot of Twinkies involved you know and it's just it's one of those things and so it's, it's an interesting thing to work on that balance of what is right use with your body mm-hmm. you know and so for me it's just did you move your body today did you do something physical were you good to yourself and I think that's where it comes from for me
1: yeah yeah I agree well as we move into the dig in You have something on your mind That you have been talking about That we have been talking about um, A lot lately mm-hmm. So I'll let you I'll let you intro what we're doing Well we
0: have a different name for it That involves a swear word So I won't say that So um, what I call it Is, uh, is the forget you Mindset Or what we have started to call it mullet culture. Mullet culture. And here's what I mean. It has nothing to do with the fish. It has to do with the fact that, you know, the mullet. I'm not picking on you. If you happen to have that hairstyle, do your thing. Rock it. But, yeah, rock the mullet. But what I'm trying to say is there are things like that where that has become so anathema to our culture. It's like everyone, that's that's a punchline. And so when you see somebody doing that there's a tendency to go, did you not know that there's a lot? I'm not judging you personally, but you're aware that you are doing that in direct rebellion to what's going on in the world. And it's not different than when you see somebody littering.
1: Right, like it's who like, does that anymore? How do who, you who, not throws, know that, who just throws stuff down on the ground? It's like, how do you not know that this is not done?
0: Because I'm a child yeah. of the of the 70s, so I remember oh, those give commercials. A hoot, don't pollute. And Iron Eyes Cody crying oh, and all, yeah. of, you know, all of those things. And it's one of those things where it's like, you see somebody do that, and you go, how do you not know that that's not the way the game is played? Mm-hmm. And more and more, you know, we talked about smoking a little while. More and more, you see somebody smoking in front of a bunch of other people, like, just breathe my breathe my smoke, you know? And it's like, how do you not know that that's a thing? Once again, I want to be clear that it's not about the the sense that any of those things are quote-unquote wrong. I mean, obviously, littering not great, but... I'm not judging any of it. What I'm judging, rather, what I'm not even judging, what I'm thinking about, aware of, let's say, is the, the sense that there are a number of activities where it has become such a cultural norm that you doing them has got to be some measure of rebellion. You're doing it in response to culture. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big fan of rebellion but what, is, what are you rebelling against and what are you doing? So the concept of mullet culture for me has to do with the number of ways that people in society express the idea of, you know what, I am losing the game. I'm not I, I'm not making it. It's not working for me. The way that I understand the rules to be played, I cannot do it. I will not do it. It doesn't feel right, whatever the rationale is. And so you know what, forget you. I'm rocking a mullet. Or the equivalent. You know, the idea of I'm not playing, so forget it. Right. And you see that in, you know, things like fashion and conduct. You see it in Florida when someone just will not use their turn signal, they're going ten miles an hour in a slow lane. You see it in a lot of ways. You see it in that whole I'm the only person in the world mentality. You see it in the way that people vote. Now I'm not gonna go too far down that road, but you could make a case that the 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 forget you feeling of you know what we can't this game can't be won so forget it we're gonna vote in such a way that you know whatever and so there's there's you see it all over the place and i wonder where that comes from
1: i think it comes from a sense of desperation like you said before i don't think that people start out going f you (laughs) I really don't. I I I don't. I think that it you have to get to a point where you are just there's no other choice for you. Just
0: soul tired. Just soul
1: tired. Absolutely. And so I think you're getting beat up. You're getting beat up. You're getting beat up. And I think that a lot of times people use scapegoats. They use different cultures. It's the fault of those other people. Sure. It's the fault of the other people. So you know what? I'm gonna. You know, I'm gonna you know, fly my freak flag and and do what I'm gonna do because you can't stop me and and you see it in you know, it's a it's a very teenage mind though. Yeah, that's a nicer it's, way to say it instead of
0: mullet culture we could say yeah, teenage mindset. It's a very
1: teenage mindset where it's like you actually hate the people that are giving you shelter and food because you don't either you don't feel worthy or you feel resentful of them giving it to you because you can't get it yourself. Well, you need them, you but, need you them the but you hate the fact that you hate, need them. Exactly. So it's, you know. Exactly. And so I think it's a very adolescent mindset, but we see this carried out and it goes across age boundaries. It doesn't really have you know, an, an age we see it in the young, and we see it in the in the very old, where it's just like, oh no, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it my way, because that's what feels good to me right now, and I don't feel worthy, and I don't feel good, and I'm not making a difference, and I can't do anything, and I feel powerless. So you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna take my time, and I'm gonna go as slow as possible, <laughs> and I'm the only person in the world, and I'm gonna block the whole aisle. I don't think people really mean to do that but i think that when it's on your mind and in your heart i think it comes out it manifests in that way to to other people around you whether or not you're conscious of it or not i think some people are i think some, some people just want to be jerks because they like the response well
0: you know there's that there was that um sort of rebellion it's kind of petered out but there was a time period about the global warming thing when there were people that put big exhaust pipes that spewed out smoke on their trucks yeah, on purpose. On purpose, And yeah. it's like, that doesn't help your truck run better. You're just doing it as a, like a middle finger. Mm-hmm. And it's it's so stupid and really dangerous, self-destructive, dumb. But, but it's not I, good for
1: your car. Well,
0: it's not good for anything. But it's it makes me think in a way, I'm glad you brought up the teenage thing because it made me think of... How many times, I mean, I I can't even begin to count, but because we do work with teenagers, part of what that means is we talk to the teens, but it also means we talk to the parents. Mm -hmm. And I cannot tell you how many times we have witnessed the following drama. Teen does something kind of silly because teenagers are figuring out their lives. Maybe they're not aware of something or they don't understand why... There's a rule in place about what you're supposed to do.
1: Incomplete with. frontal lobe, the reasoning section of your brain. Or just they're not thinking working. about their own
0: thing. Who knows why? Honest mistake, kind of dumb thing, selfish moment, fill in the blank. But then the parent expecting the teen to be a little bit more like an adult, let's say, or just frustrated, tired, being parent is hard. Who knows why? Once again, honest mistake. But the parent says or does something, well meaningly enough, but it escalates the fight. Mm -hmm. And then the teenager does something self-destructive. And the thing is, very, very quickly, teenagers, one of the problems with being a teen is you feel this demand to go be an adult. And you feel power. You feel invincible. You feel this desire to, okay, I'm not thinking about kid stuff anymore. I'm thinking about growing up stuff. And I got hormones coming out my ears. And I've got desire to go change the world. And I don't want to live in this house anymore. And I want to figure out what it means. And all of that, that desire, that inner call combined with a feeling of utter powerlessness. You got no money. (laughs) You can't go where you want to go. And there are good reasons for it. There's a lot of things you haven't learned yet uh, that you could get in trouble with. But regardless, there's that feeling of powerlessness. And so for a lot of teens, the only way they can express their power is by saying no. Right. Are you going to – can we get ready to go now? It's time. We're going to miss the movie. And then the kid sits there for five hours putting their shoes on. Mm -hmm. Or – you know, are you going to do your homework? You know you're supposed to. Look, I don't like it any more than you do. I think it's dumb too, but you got to just take one for the team. Nope. Yeah. Well, how come you now you're in, you know, you're not in the, the cool classes anymore? Well, it's because you expressed power in the only way that you thought you could.
1: And self-destructive, where it's like it doesn't even make any sense, and you go, I've I've sat with teens before that are in that cycle, and I remember we took... We've taken several kids to coffee, you know, just to say, okay, what's up? Yeah. But there's, a, there's been a couple where I've just looked at them and said, what's your goal here?
0: <laughs> I remember one of those conversations. You know, it's
1: like, what, what is it that you want to have come out of this? Because let's focus on that. Let's toss away everything else that's going on. And what is your goal? So the people that I would ask sort of in this FU culture, um, I would say, what is your goal?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And is your goal just to be original? Is your goal to have a voice? Is your goal to feel powerful? Is your you know, is it to make that statement? I mean, what it is, I, I mean, I have a hilarious story. Um, I have a wonderful hairdresser. I love her. She is brilliant and sweet and just so, so talented. And you know, you you find people that are just like kindred spirits. That's who she is. She's just, she's wonderful. But she was telling me a story the other day about how this woman came in and she said, I want trailer trash hair. Not my words. Those were, those were the client's words. And this was the story being related to me. So I would never call somebody that. But, but those, were, those were her, she's like, I want, I want trailer hair. And so, so my hairdresser was like, she was like, well, what does that mean? And so I guess what it means is this: like instead of it being like highlighted and blended and like looking like sort of an, your natural hair coming out of your head, mm-hmm. she wanted really big, like bold stripes, like that dark, like, like like like, like, a, like almost like a skunk, like really light patches wow, right. and like and like dark patches, and that's what she wanted. I'm
0: gonna rock the Pepe look. Yeah. Okay.
1: And so Haley was like, "Okay, I got this." And she wanted the she wanted it cut that way. She wanted you know big big hair that was just rocking that that skunk look and Haley did the best that she could and you know and she was okay and so the client left and then um a couple of days later she came back and she's like no you have to redo it because it's too good it blends too well (laughs) and I think she asked her she's like okay what is your goal here and so it but that story sort of Encompasses the point of it because Haley was kind of like, okay, what do you want? What is your goal here? Why? Why is this something that is in your heart to do? Because she was even calling it a negative name. The lady that wanted hair, she called it trailer hair. Which trash is that's
0: hair. the that's mullet culture. That's the teenage mind. That's right. The, that's it's the, like she
1: was even acknowledging that. No, I know that this is bad. I know that this goes away. But uh, I want uh, that. But I want that. Well,
0: it makes me think of there was a time when. Our son, Miles, was like three. He was little. Mm-hmm. And he was he was acting up. And I, I said, Miles, you do, you're going to make your mom mad if you do that. Which is not a great parenting moment, but that's that happened to be what I said. Sure. I shouldn't have made you the bad guy, but whatever. That's all right. And he goes, but I want mommy to be mad at
1: me. Yeah, he wants the reaction. Yeah.
0: And that piece of mentality is in there. Mm-hmm. I think that so often... People feel like they don't have a choice. They have a look. You're made out of God stuff. You are regal, royal, powerful. You have that call in you, but if you don't know what to do with it, go look up Langston Hughes. He's got a poem called "To a Dream Deferred," and I'll I'll let you find that. It's a beautiful poem. It's beautiful. I love it. I think about it. I was thinking about it this morning, actually. But the idea is, there's this call in you, and if you don't know what to do with it, it will come out, and it just like everything in life it is mediated by who you think you are and who you think god is what's the big power in your life and what do you who are you and so so often it's the feeling of i got nothing or i'm not worth anything and so i have to say jenny that i remember that moment well one in particular i think it has happened a few times but i remember one moment when we were sitting in a coffee place with a young teen who was doing some stuff with her life that was challenging to understand bless her heart mm-hmm. and she's come a long way now I'm so proud of her she's really done a lot of growing really awesome person but anyway you said well what do you want what are you going for and look it's not like this, this was a magic moment where everything just turned around but I did see that in that moment there was some little moment that clicked in her where she thought oh wow I have power I didn't know about Mm -hmm. someone's asking me what I want I'm allowed to know that and it's probable that other people asked her that but in that moment I could see that it was a little rebellion a little revolution rather both for her and in the same way that power comes out when you feel powerless the power gets expressed as hey look at me look at me and it's the, I'm going to pull up next to you and my music is so loud that now your life is going to be about what I'm interested in for a mm-hmm. moment. Well, that's very childish. It's, it's the whole thing, but it's the, please look at me, please acknowledge me. And so you go, okay, you know what? I'm going to look at you, but who are you? Is this who you are? All of this stuff on the outside, these dumb choices you're making, the desire to almost be malicious with your conduct... Is that really who you are? And there are people who don't know that they're more than that. And so taking a moment, as always, the answer is never running away or even fighting, but just turning and facing whatever it is and saying, what is it that you want and what can I do for you? If you look at that person or yourself, because by the way, this is a moment, if you're listening to this, this is a great moment for self-reflection. Do you do you have some... Uh, Some mullet culture moments in your life? Because I have them sometimes and I need to watch that. Everybody does. The moments of senseless rebellion for its own sake because you feel powerless or you don't know who you are in that moment, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I want to go back and I just want to make it really, really clear that we're not saying that your choices, you know, of... What kind of clothes you wear, or how you do your hair, or something like that. That's not what we're saying. Is we're not saying that you have to go with the cultural norm. You have to do what everybody else no. is doing because we don't do what everybody else is doing. No,
0: somebody I, likes having having alternative hair, but it's the attitude of I am coming in because I want to look bad. Right. I want to hurt it, people. Exactly. That's a strong word, and but it's that emotion.
1: It's that emotion and it's that motivation. So we're not doing. We're not saying that you can't enjoy what you're wearing or no. look different or be different or do you, you know, you do you, boo. That's, <laughs> is that's okay. You know, that's, that's not what we're saying. We're not saying, you know, be like everybody else and have your, you know, and have your whole personality and be a lemming and be a drone. That's not what we're talking about because I am, I'm certainly not. I, I go my own way. I forge my own path. I always have. My yes. kids, my kids call me weird and, you know, <laughs> it is. And, and I have my own way of thinking about it. everybody does. Yeah,
0: that no, we're not I'm not so arguing for that. So
1: we're not we're not saying, you know, if you if you wanna wear a rompem, that's okay. Um, do you know about that by no, the way? No, I don't know I
0: have no idea what you're talking oh, about. Oh,
1: it's really it's all over the place. And this is it's people are at two sides of the fence and the reason that I it made me think of it is because it's exactly what's going do you, do you know what a romper is like a romper is for women? No. I, I'm, you don't know what a romper is? Look at me. Is? I got jeans and okay. a
0: t-shirt on and that's my uniform. Okay. I have no idea what you're talking about. All right. So, romper uh, room. Kids show. That's no, all. I don't know okay, what you're talking about. A
1: romper about. is a piece of women's clothing where the top is attached to the bottom and the bottom are like shorts. So. So it, you know, like how like you Like a would, jumpsuit. almost Like a jumpsuit, yes, but a jumpsuit has long pants. Mm-hmm. A romper has shorts.
0: Short jumpsuit. I've <laughs> no. become Peter oh. Griffin. I have no idea. what Anyway, okay, but you have,
1: an, but you have an idea, right? You have an idea that there is a shirt attached to a pair of shorts. It's all one fabric, mm-hmm. and it's it's a it's a like you car. might wear
0: in an insane asylum or a correctional facility. No,
1: no, that's a that's a jumpsuit. That's not that's that's not a prison jumpsuit. Right. That's not what we're talking about. I'm not going to talk to you anymore. I'm going to talk to the people at home. <laughs> so okay, okay, so so. This now piece of a romper for a woman is now being created for men. It's called a rompin'. Ah, oh, geez. And it is a pair of shorts. Look it up. Look it up on your phone right now. I don't want to see that. I don't want that. No, bur- no, look Because it it's so, okay. So, so you it's, know, just so you know what I'm talking
0: about. If a man bun was an outfit. Yes. Okay. Oh, barf.
1: yes. No, look, please look I it up and take a picture. That. Look it up right now so that you know what I'm talking about. How do you about. even spell that? Well, like romp, and then instead of romper. It's a romp hymn, and it's a really stupid name, and I and I hate it. But anyway, the point of it is that
0: there's a Kickstarter project for
1: it. Oh yeah, it's all over the place, but it's not just in Kickstarter. There's actually people that are making this, and oh, some they pe- look awful. And some people are it's, saying it
0: looks like pajamas that you would be forced to wear because you're you're in some kind of institution. That's not okay.
1: But some people are saying, you know, you shouldn't judge if a guy wants to wear it. And, you know, you shouldn't shame people want no. to wear it. But at the same time, it's kind of going against that cultural norm. You know, so are you doing it for a reaction? Or are you doing it because you actually like the piece of clothing? I happen to like rompers. And if anybody in the house wanted to wear a romper, I would be totally okay with it. That's not the problem that I have. But if you were to wear it, you would be doing it just to get a reaction. You would be doing it as a joke and and, and to get a rise out of all of us and, yes. and to be walking around. Yeah. yeah,
0: that and a man bun, it, That there you go. And a pair of those sandals that are made out of ropes. There you go. <laughs> get-
1: but anyway, is this, is the rompim something that has been created in order to say, hey, no, that's really comfortable, and we are, you know, pushing the gender stereotypes, and and we're we're breaking those boundaries, or is it just to be silly and to and to and to be a part of the fu culture?
0: Well, I think that just like anything, there is absolutely art in fashion. Now, a big hunk of it is lost on me, I, I admit that, but there's art in there. However, fashion is also an incredibly large industry, and I would argue that a huge hunk of it is designed to capitalize on the the, that FU culture. And it, you can see it. It's like, oh, you you know, wear jeans that are pre-ripped. You know, it's like there's a piece of that where it's like, okay, that looks kind of cool, but there's another piece of it. It's like, you're a rebel, even right. though you didn't rip them. Look well, like and, you and can look like Johnny Rotten, you know, and it's it's one of those things where there's a piece of it where it is marketed to.
1: And are you still a rebel when everybody is wearing it? Yeah, that's the, that's the question. I mean, Hot Topic wouldn't exist without, well, you know, sort of the F U culture.
0: Yeah, and there's cool stuff in Hot Topic, but on the other hand, it's that thing. So once again, this is a long way around to say it's not the thing you do; it's why you do it. But it is very easy to see that there is a little piece of malice in some of that because it's like I want you to look at me and so going back all the way around to what we were talking about a minute ago the answer to that whether it's coming from another person or coming from yourself and take a look at what you're doing and why you're doing it if you have a piece of but I want mommy to get mad at me if you have a piece of I feel powerless therefore I'm gonna flout the system in a destructive way versus a constructive way that's the thing if you've got a piece of that ask yourself Is this really who I am? It's very possible, and in fact it's the case, that your true identity comes from something more than what you wear or even what you do. You know that. But the trick is to get to that place. And so for a very, very long time, I have been asking people this question. I mean, this is years. I've been thinking about this forever. And the question is, how did you know when you were a grown-up? It's something that you and I have been thinking about and talking about for a very long time. What happened mm-hmm. in that moment? How did you know? Because, frankly, our society doesn't make grown-ups very well. We don't have a whole lot of rites of passage. Not everybody, for example, gets married or graduates or does those things that you, would, you might associate with it. What is it? And it's very interesting. Different people have different answers. A lot of times people say, well, I knew when I got a mortgage. Right Or I knew, you know, some people I knew when I got married, I knew when I had a baby. But the thing is, there are people who are not adults who have gotten married, made a house payment. Mm -hmm. There are people who are adults who haven't done those things. Right. And so... That's a piece of it, but not all of it. And so if you ask those questions over and over again to a lot of different people, you're going to get a wide spectrum of interesting answers. But one of the things that I go back to is if you abstract out the details and think about what's going on behind the scenes for that person. I knew when I graduated because this and that and the other. Well, what's the because? And think about the because. And if you think about those stories and you think about what goes on in a tribal world Mm – You know, when you become a man or a woman in a tribal concept, the overarching theme tends to be you become an adult when you no longer live for yourself. Right. Being an adult has to do with being able to bring the fire, to carry the water back to the tribe.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Being an adult means I don't live just for me anymore. And that's a wonderful moment. When you say to a teenager, look, I don't want you to to drive like a crazy person. And the teenager will say, well, it's my life. And you say, yeah, but you know what? You don't just live for yourself. Mm -hmm. That moment. And there's a, you know, when people talk about suicide, for example, it's a very scary, sad topic. And there's a lot more to talk about than we'll talk about today. But I think the thing that people don't think about is the crater that it leaves in other people's lives. And it's, you don't just live for yourself. And when you know that, you start to become an adult. When you recognize that your life is about service, because there's something inside of you that's bigger that's calling you. And when you don't know it, right? When you just feel that pull and you don't have a face on it or a name on it, when you just feel that pull and you combine that pull with the outside forces that just don't feel like you have anything in common with them, then the rebellion is destructive and malicious. Right. But if you start to say, wait a minute, I don't just live for me. We're all in this together. And therefore...
1: I'm not going to throw trash on the ground.
0: (laughs) Right. Right. You find... A place of power expressed through service, expressed through unity. I'm not asking anybody to conform, far from it, because the way that we're all in this together is for all of us to share our unique gifts, our unique expressions of the one truth. There is that, once again, you know, this is water and stone. There's that unchangeable stone, that, that truth that we all have in common. But the way that flows through each and every life is going to be different and unique and special. What's your unique way? Your freak flag of care.
1: Right. And that's so important because, again, the outside stuff changes. I mean, at the beginning of this podcast, we were talking about how our bodies were changing. And, and we talk about... And this-
0: becoming a man.
1: Well, it's a good thing. Um, <laughs> no, we talk about how the outside stuff changes all the time. So you know, and we've talked a lot about fashion because I think it's a pretty easy target. It's it's something we wear. It's it's how we express our personalities or what we like and stuff like that. And so I think it's a pretty, like I said, a pretty easy target to kind of pick on. Well, and bit. it's also
0: there's lots of places you can look to find something silly.
1: Right, right. But I but I think that ultimately it comes that all that stuff fades away. And it really is, do you have inside of you that anger or that resentment or the feeling of helplessness? And really turn turn around and take a look at that. Because I know that I've had moments where I'm just like, you know what? I'm out. Peace. I'm, <laughs> I'm gone. And you know what? Screw you. I'm going home. You know? And, and I'm... I've, I've had those moments. And I'm sure that I will continue to have those moments. But I think it really does take a minute to say, all right, well, why am I doing that? Am I doing that because my ego got bruised? Am I doing that because I'm not feeling heard? Am I doing it because I don't, you know, have any control over this situation? Am I acting out that way? Because I know that I act out. I get I get upset. Miles was, just the other day, Miles was driving in the car And, you know, and I screamed at him and I'm just like, I don't want to die just because you were, you know, looking at your phone or messing with your songs or you got to get the right, you know. And I was just like, stop doing that. Stop looking at your phone. And it was a very knee-jerk reaction to fear of, I don't want to die and I don't want to get in a wreck and I don't want him to die and I don't want anybody else in the car to die. And I had no control at that moment. So it was an explosive response to... Hey, stop that. You know, and I I do think that that is part of it. And I do think that you want people to realize, hey, I'm here and there are other people here too. And just take a minute. You don't have to live your life for other people, but you do have to acknowledge that there is in the same space we share the same planet don't throw your trash on the ground
0: we're all in this together right i love the fact that in this podcast we can quote langston hughes and also eric Cartman in well, the same breath right pretty great
1: but be thankful i didn't do my impression of eric but Cartman the, the equation
0: like the equation for anger might be a sense of inner call combined with a sense of outer powerlessness And if you have that, that, that pull, I'm just, I'm dying to do and be and grow, but I got no place to put that,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: then, then people make dumb choices. Agreed. And so once again, the way to get around that, if you're feeling angry and once again, malicious rebellion, take a moment and go, how can I find my voice through a song that I can sing for somebody else? Go do something. Go demonstrate what radical love. I'm not asking you to put up with stuff. And in fact, that's the thing. Just like we said about fashion, so much of that feeling of rebellion is marketed to, but it actually keeps you from making a real difference. Because you know what?
1: Or an original idea. Yeah. Because everybody's doing the it.
0: The battalion of people that buy pre ripped jeans now have spent those brain cells that might be spent on working for things to be better. And that's the thing. You know what, if you've got a stupid exhaust pipe on your truck that spews stuff, that's dumb, I'm sorry, that's dumb. But you know what, the desire for somebody to hear your voice, the desire for you not to feel oppressed, the desire to to do something powerful, That's a desire that we all have. Mm -hmm. So can we please get past that? So once again, take care of somebody today. Bring something to it. Because that's the thing. One of the things we say over and over again is happiness is not something you make. It's something you bring. You've got something in you that wants to come out. And it can come out in a positive way through service and love and care. And you can nurture that, water that plant, and it will grow. Or it can come out as as something that belongs in a Ridley Scott movie. But it's going to come out. Go read that poem.
1: It's time for our Listen Up segment. And we have a question today that... I had picked earlier before we even sort of decided what we were going to talk about. And it just fits so well with this podcast. And I I love when that happens. I really do. But this question comes from Judy C. And her question is, why do we do good? And good is sort of in quotation marks.
0: Mm. I like that a lot. Because one of the things, when you tell somebody I'm religious, I'm spiritual, I believe in God, that kind of thing. One of the, the criticisms that gets weighed against us sometimes is, well, you're not really a good person. You're not really ethical if what you believe is, I do good because if I don't, God's going to punish me. Well, you're not really being ethical if you're coerced. Or, to put a little nicer face on that, if you're only doing good because you think God wants you to and you want to get in good with God. So if you're if you're looking for a reward or avoiding a punishment external to what you're doing, then you're not truly being ethical. You're not truly being a good person. You don't care about what you're doing. You care about what's going to happen at the end of it. And so that's a fair argument if you believe that God is a guy in the sky or the devil lives in the shrubbery, is going to get you, that kind of stuff. Now, we don't believe in that. But people who don't know us might think we do when we say that we're religious, when we say that we believe in God and all that. So the question is, okay, if that's not why you do it, if you don't do good things because you want to butter God up or because you're scared if you don't do good, you're going to be hot and sad forever. (laughs) Um, then why, why should we, why do we do good things?
1: Well, I think my answer is again, pretty simple. And and I love that we get these really seemingly simple questions that end up being super complex. I really, I really like when we, when we go here, but the reason I do good is because it feels nice Mm -hmm. and it feels like the right thing to do you know when when you're doing something that's good when you when you express that part of you it absolutely fills something inside you
0: yeah so i mean but that's
1: but that's sort of at the basic level of what of what we're talking about but why do we do good because it feels
0: awesome. Well, because, and there's a thing, everybody knows what empty calories feel like. You know, you can spend the afternoon playing video games and, and that's fine, but time has just gone by.
1: hmm
0: Or the equivalent. You know, you can go party or whatever. And it feels good, but it doesn't feel good on that level. And in fact, one of the beautiful things about the way that us children of God are designed is you will get bored. If you throw yourself into that, you will need a louder party, a more powerful drug, a whatever it is. You're, of course, going in the wrong direction when the universe is trying to tell you, see, this doesn't really scratch the itch. There's something more than, the the, once again, the empty calories, the meaningless pursuit, because our design is to find meaning. So, of course, it feels good to do good, and I would double down on that and say the reason that it feels good is because that's what you're made out of. Why do we do good? We do good because we are made out of love. We do good because we can't help it. And in fact, even when someone has done the most mean, crazy, awful thing, when you really get down to it, they were trying to arrive at some kind of a sense of good. Whether it was something that would feel good for them or whether they had a weird idea about what the greater good was or whatever they were trying to arrive at some kind of a concept of good even the worst things that you can think of and so what we fix is not that desire but the way that that desire was expressed bring me a higher love you know we might as well throw Clapton in with, there you go. with but um the idea is when you get all of your ego stuff out of the way All of the superficiality out of the way, all of the dumb stuff out of the way, all of the materialism and and desire for for silly validation and whatever, fill in the blank. When you get your stuff out of the way, you will do good. Not because you have to, not because that's part of some kind of social contract or religious uh, obligation. You will do good because you are good. You will do good because that's like breathing to a child of God. Here's the thing. God says about you, good and very good. And God does not change his mind. That is your true nature. You can try to be a bad guy as much as you want, but even trying to be a bad guy, you're trying to do it because you think it'll make you feel good. There's that good creeping in. You can't get away from it. Mm -hmm. So the trick is to find a better way. We don't do good for any other reason than that that's who we are. You might as well ask, why do we stick to the surface of the planet? Well, that's because that's how gravity and mass work. Why do we do good? You do good because you're good. And there's our little slogan, God is good, you are good, go do good. And that's the breakdown. That's how this whole thing works. So get to a place where you just can't help yourself get to a place where you're so filled with some loving idea that you can't help but do something about it. And whatever you need to do to get your stuff out of the way, whether it's prayer and meditation, whether it's reading an important book or listening to a podcast or going to church, whatever you're doing, remember the goal of that, or at least a significant goal of it ought to be, is this helping me get my baggage out of the way? Is this helping me take out the trash? All right. Well, it's time to check it out. This is the uh, the part of the show where we talk about the things that we're up to. I want to let you know that I am teaching a Bible class at First Unity Spiritual Campus. That's firstunity.org. And that's Tuesday nights from 7 o'clock to 8.30.
1: You have four more weeks to get there. There's four more classes. And right. so you'll be able to, and again, you can stop by and pick up Any one of the classes, I mean, they're kind of in order, but you'll get something out of a class even if you do stop by in the middle of the class. Absolutely,
0: and so far it's been really great. You know, I'm a Bible guy. I love that, but even people who have had weird or no experience with the Bible have been really enjoying it. It's just a great class, a lot of fun.
1: But speaking of the Bible, we have now on Thursday nights at 8 p.m., if you follow us on Facebook... We live stream our Bible discussion that happens in our house every night. It's about a half hour to 40 minutes of a bunch of people just talking and Dieter giving a little bit of a lesson. So if you can't make it to the class um, at First Unity, Thursday nights are a great way to come in and just kind of, you know, be able to be in your pajamas and participate. <laughs> we, you know, we yeah, been- it's just a,
0: a bunch of our friends and, and some of the teens that we work with who are also our friends. Just a bunch of people come to our living room and we we I do a little talk and we ask questions and we talk about Bible stuff, super informal, kind of lo-fi and that's how we like it. It's super fun. Once again, the live stream starts around 8 o'clock Eastern Time on uh, on Thursday evenings. Just I love it and thank you if you're one of the people. We're, we're surprised at how many people have been tuning in. We haven't really done anything like advertising or anything, it just sort of happened. And I'm so grateful. Just really, really cool.
1: We'll be doing our Branching In talk at Unity of North Tampa on June 25th, um, along with an hour workshop after the service. So I'm really looking forward to that. That's going to be super duper fun.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: We also, as usual, have our sunshine celebrations. And those happen Wednesday mornings, 7.20 at North Shore Beach, Come join us for a walk. It's about three and a half, four miles. We walk up, we get coffee, we walk back, it's along the water. It is lovely. If you guys can be out there Wednesday morning to kind of be up with the sun, it's a beautiful, oh, wonderful man. experience. It's really nice. It's a
0: great way to start the day. Yeah. And it's it's just, I guarantee it'll be the best part of your day. And it's just, it's so much fun to get to walk through St. Petersburg, Florida, the finest city on the face of the earth and be a part of that neighborhood vibe, but Oh, man, it's just, it's the right thing to do.
1: And then if you can't join us on Wednesdays, there are always Sunday night sunsets. And that is out at St. Pete Beach. Um, it's We park at the we Dolphin, Dolphin Village, Village, Dolphin parking, Village parking, lot. parking lot. It's right there. There's public access. Um, we walk a little bit south from where the actual public access is because it's a little bit more quiet and private from what's going on. But we're usually there a half hour before the sun sets.
0: So just ask so your just, phone when the sun sets and we right, will tell exactly.
1: you. Right, exactly. Um, or contact us if you're really wanting to join us let, um, to let us know that you're coming out. Usually somebody's out there, though, um, most every Sunday now that we've been doing it. And it's just a really nice time to sort of put the week to bed but also just really get excited about the week ahead. So... It's a it's a it's a nice little get together that we have, and we usually get ice cream afterwards, and that's that's my favorite part. <laughs> but um, also, um, please find us on Facebook, on Instagram, and Twitter. It's all at the handle at at the Unity Society. Oh, and one more thing. I know I'm kind of taking. Um, we are now open for our week long summer.
0: Yes, conference. registration registration
1: yes. is open. It happens July twenty third through July. 28th it's a week long we'll be kayaking the mangroves of sarasota yeah it's
0: gonna be in sarasota florida mm-hmm. it's gonna be uh the the, uh, the website where there's a, a brochure it talks a little bit about what's going on there's registration form everything you want to know about it is at events dot i org and it's just it's just a life-changing event uh, it's I can't say enough good things about it. So if you have
1: a teen, 14 to 19, that would like to come, if you have a young adult that is interested in these ideas, or even if you just want to come and experience it and help to learn how to work with teens, you'd be more than welcome. Again, just go online, look us up, see what it's all about. The flyer is there. And again, if you follow us on Facebook or on Instagram, you're probably going to be knowing a little bit more about it as well. So, Dieter, let's wrap it up. (laughs) Oh, man.
0: Life is about the balance between that inner calling and the outer expression. That's how this whole thing works. If you feel angry or sick or hurt or afraid about your life, take a minute and ask, how am I dealing with expressing that pull in my everyday life? The gravitational forces of the universe may not always be seen, but they're working. The sun is always shining, even if you got your back to it. It might seem dark, so dark that you feel angry about it. But all you have to do is turn around, look at things differently. There is a way that you can serve. The way that you become a spiritual adult is by recognizing that you live for the tribe. That that brilliant fire, the, the divine spark within you, is something that can light up the world. If you just let it shine instead of being angry about how dim it is, you have that choice. It is time to shine.
1: This podcast is recorded at Pinfeather Studios. On the
0: amazing hashtag orange couch. <laughs> and our uh, sound engineer is the handsome and strong Raina Randolph. You get to hear her music uh she's half of the performers that you get to hear on the musical breaks and everything the other half is the lovely and talented college graduate miles randolph
1: this podcast is solely supported by you
0: and oh man do you know what that means it means two things it means first of all We need you to share this podcast, and not just the podcast, but everything we're doing. Like us on Facebook. Share the post. Read the blog. Uh, We put a lot of work into that blog, and it's so much fun to get the kind of wonderful feedback that we're getting, but share this. If this means anything to you at all, and if you've listened this far, then I guess it does, you know somebody else who could get something out of it. Share it with your world. We want to change the world with the concept of radical love. So share it with somebody. That's the first thing you can do, and it takes you two seconds to do. Another thing that doesn't take long to do is write us a good review. Now, we're talking about the podcast, so go to wherever you're listening to this podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, whatever it is, and write us the best review you can because that's how the powers that be know to circulate this podcast and feature it and that kind of stuff. But also go to our, go to the branchingin.com website. Go to Amazon and where we've written our book, Branching In, The Journey from Alone to All One. And if you haven't picked up a copy, what are you doing with your life? Pick up a copy of the book, but also write a good review. Let somebody else know. It's just a, a thing that will help make a difference in the world, just like you're doing every day.
1: Thanks for listening. Have an amazing week.